Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. And today's episode is going to be a little bittersweet. Uh, Game of Thrones just recently ended with Season 8, and of course that meant the end of the series. So what I decided to do was just to get a couple friends and colleagues together to discuss how we felt about not only Season 8, but the entire series as a whole. Uh, first, you'll hear CJ from Black With No Chaser. Then you'll hear Sergio from Reality Breach. And finally, you'll hear my good friend Mike, who's a huge Game of Thrones fan. Uh, we all sat down and just broke down different aspects of the show. So I hope you guys will enjoy it. But before I get to that, just a couple things about how I felt about the season. Uh, I was completely underwhelmed by the ending. Uh, I just didn't agree with Brand winning uh, the entire titular uh, Game of Thrones. I believe, you know, there was better options, namely Jon Snow, but hey, it is what it is, and we got what we got. Uh, I also believe that some of the episodes that we had this season were kind of bullshitting, that we were kicking the can down the road until we got to the end, uh, but you kind of get that with hour-long TV shows anyway. It just wasn't the time for me uh, with this particular season. I thought the battles were spectacular. I thought we got plenty of good things inside of uh, this particular season, but overall, it just it really didn't do anything for me. However, uh, as far as the legacy of the show, it's still one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's still one of the top five shows I've seen as far as writing is concerned, uh, and I love it. I love it. I love the impact that it's had. Um, really with everyone especially with black twitter you know once we get a hold of stuff it blows up anyway uh but it's still one of the best shows of all time and i easily tell anybody check out game of thrones yes the first season is kind of the hardest to get through considering that's where all the world building takes place but i mean once you're locked in and once you're invested in the world it's a hell of a ride and it's gonna stand the test of time uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but without further ado, we're getting into the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right. And for my first guest, I'm uh, very honored to have a fellow black podcast on here. Uh, this is the founder. I'm saying that correct. You're the founder slash creator. Is that the yeah, same thing? Cool. Uh, that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the founder. However, however you want to finesse it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the founder of Black with No Chaser. I got CJ on the show today, man. We're gonna be talking about uh, Game of Thrones, and we'll just get right into it. Uh, what were your thoughts on the season as a whole? Okay, well, first, man, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be on your show, Jerry. Saying, uh, just you know. Have, have an opportunity to chop it up with you. I love what you're doing. Uh, I love Unapologetic Geek and, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, dope to be, you know, collaborating with you in this way. So uh, I wanted to get that out of the way first yeah, before, appreciate we, it, man. before we got into the mix. No doubt, no doubt. Appreciate you. Um, so Game of Thrones Season 8, you know, there has been, as, as you know, we do the Watch Them Thrones uh Episodes on 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 Black with No Chaser every week, and there's been Absolutely. much much said about uh, <laughs> season eight, you know. But uh, for me personally, I'm probably one of the people that perhaps is in the minority. I actually enjoy season eight, man. Uh, I understood others' frustrations, 
with season eight. But for me, it was cool from the standpoint that uh, I feel like I grew along with the series, and I'm sure that others did too. But in the process of growing with the series, I felt like uh, we were never supposed to know what the destiny of everything uh, was going to be until it actually unfolded. And as it turns out, uh, what we discovered and what we we pretty much knew all along, but what we really discovered is that uh, Game of Thrones, the series, is a show that is about the life of the Starks, really. Yeah. Uh, while it's about the Seven Kingdoms, it is also about the life of the of the, the Stark children um, and, and, and the Stark family. And you don't really gather that because the focus most of the time is in, you know, King's Landing or uh, in other areas and, and less uh, focused on uh, on the on the north. But uh, we know that uh, winter was always coming and that's something that was that was always told to us. And so uh, we understand the significance in time as it goes on. And what I discovered, man, in watching season eight, why I was pleased with it was because what what it ultimately what the story ultimately wound up being about to me was uh, fate and the chain of events that led to the to every moment, like everything that had to happen from the time uh, the Lannister showed up in Winterfell on the first episode to Bran falling out of out of the, off that tower, being pushed off the tower mm-hmm. uh, to uh, the last episode. Every moment mattered, and, and every little step uh, led to that ultimate decision being made and while we watched it with no clue uh or maybe some clues but but you know with theories like brand being the night king and things yeah. of that nature yeah that was wild you know like <laughs> i watched it that way man it, it it still wound up being pretty um pretty poetic in the end to me i'm a uh, english I, I was an english major so i i look at the um I look at everything in a in a, a literary way or a poetic type way, and I I did think that that it was a dope timeline of fate because I wouldn't have never thought the story was really centered particularly around Bran. Uh, so, so you know what? I, as long as I've watched the show, I never thought about that. I ne- mm-hmm. I, I know the Starks always got the. Um, the ass end of the stick, so to speak. Like they were always, they were always taken down through there, man. With all those tragedies. Say it again. Say shout out to Walter Frey. Oh, bro. Okay, <laughs> man. But it, it's one of those things. Okay, you saw all the things that they went through, and I always say one of my favorite seasons. Uh, which season is it? Season six that has the Battle of the Bastards. Yes. Uh, wait. 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 I believe uh, it's season six uh, because that, I know that was the season. I know season five is the season where uh, it they, is. Right. You say that again. I said, you're right. I believe yeah. it is. Cause yeah. season five ended with Jon Snow dying. Right. I remember season six being my second favorite season behind season four. And it was mainly because things started to turn around for the start. So I never really considered this being a, um, a story about all the Starks more mm-hmm. so than I 
considered considered it a story about Daenerys, uh, John, and Tyrion. Those were the three that really stood out to me over the course of the series. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. And if you look at it from that regard, yeah, mm-hmm. that ending is satisfying with mm-hmm. uh, Bran coming out on top. But man, as a Jon Snow fan, that was my pick to be on the throne. Man, I love Jon Snow, man. So I, I, I have to take you like almost through the timeline of like how like like I, I had a like a different character that I really was rooting for mm-hmm. at different points uh, for whatever reason. But initially, I really liked Rob Stark, and yeah, uh, Rob was dope. You know, I thought he was a dope dope cat. Yeah. Did not did not see the red wedding coming at all. <laughs> Nobody did, bro. Did not see that. Like I, I mean, mouth wide open drop to the ground like as this as this is occurring type thing but um i love rob stark i love i liked john snow but they weren't really following his storyline as much in the beginning as they started to in my opinion after the red wedding mm-hmm. uh i i i really began to like john snow um during his time with the night's watch right and that's where it started for me too yeah, that's what that's when it started. Like like him with the wildlings and and just seeing him, you know, be a, a, a everyman, if you will. I really like that about yep. him. Uh, I like his humility. It was it, it always came. It didn't come off as uh, faking humility, but with legitimate humility. And I love Arya because um, she was just a G, and oh, she she was never not a G. And like you, you just the the deeper. The more you saw her go through, the more you were rooting for her too, you know? Yeah. And you'd be like, man, she's so close to John. She's so close to the rest of her family right now, but she's so far away from the rest of them. Oh, that was painful. Every time they just missed each other. Right. Like, dang, they almost, almost there and and, and not quite there each time. And so um, for me, man, I, I, I went through a range of emotions with all of them, but I was always rooting for one of them and... I love uh, I love Danny as well. Like I really did uh, from the beginning. Uh, I liked her spirit. I, I liked the whole breaker of chains, like that revolutionary mm-hmm. aspect of things. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even displeased with the fact that her character became consumed with power. I just wished uh, I wished that. In some ways, it could have been fleshed out a little bit more. I think that's the consistency with season eight. I, yeah. I understand that it's a story that started with season one, and you had seven seasons to build at that point. But it, when you actually get to the point where she becomes consumed with power, it's rushed. Right. That you're going from one extreme to another when she finally attains that power. Uh, so, I've had plenty of time to think about how I would have ended Game of Thrones myself. Yes. Uh, and what I came up with was I would have still had John kill Danny. Okay. Um, I may, I think earlier I would have done a better job at um, ingratiating John as being like someone who's respected by the Dothraki and the Unsullied. Okay. Uh, I see why they didn't do that in this season because they kind of wanted to create that situation between he and Grey Worm. And I still right. think you could have had them kind of become friends 
mm-hmm. still had that same moment when he realized, you know, Danny was headed in the wrong direction. The one of the two things I would have changed. One is I would have had him at, go at it with uh, Night King. Okay. It's okay. a fight. I think okay. that's a battle that we were kind of robbed of, I was but I was exactly. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. The big one I would have done at the end, I would have had Tyrion request, or I would have had John accompany uh, Tyrion and Grey Worm when they went to the parlay. Okay. And in that situation, I would have had John to say, instead of, I mean, if you want justice, let's have a trial by combat. And, and, and it would be a trial by combat between John and, and uh, Grey Worm. Man. I would yeah, have had that, that trial by combat. And would've, I would have. Now, this is just so I could get John on the Iron Throne. Okay. And then at that point, of course, it was burned down. But just to have him as king. I would have had him to tell the rest of the representative for the other kingdoms. I, I want to use this battle, and you all know me. You all know what kind of man I am. I want to use this battle to stake my claim at the throne. So it's not only for my freedom, but also to be king of the realms. Man. And have he and Grey Worm. And at that point, you could go either way. If Grey Worm. That would have been, been pretty dope, actually. Dude, that would have been a dope fight, fight if, to the end. If you would have had Grey Worm to win. Then it, it kind of gives you know uh, John a, a kind of poetic ending or whatever, and then I you know you could come up with something else. But the main reason for me coming up with this ending would be to have him, and I mean have Great Worm of course go down valiantly, uh-huh. whatever. And then you know you have uh, John become the king, and then he immediately names Bran his hand because Bran knows everything about Westeros. Right. Right. Now, I could have definitely seen that with Brand. Because honestly, man, I didn't understand what the hell was going on in episode three, season eight, <laughs> episode three. Yeah. When Brand was warging the whole time. I creeping up on him. I'm like, what is this dude doing? And ultimately, I still didn't necessarily totally make sense of it because I was still trying to figure out did, can Brand tell the future as well as the past? Or. This- that's what I kind of got from it. And another thing was, I thought he was surveying the the landscape, the situation, okay. with using those birds to war. But it it does appear that it was a little more than warging at the same time. Right, because he suggested that he had the ability to track even Drogon, right? Exactly. So it's like, yo, this dude literally can go, um, you know, anywhere inside any, any conscious forms, you know, consciousness exists yeah yeah so that that's that you know that's pretty crazy because it's it kind of it's kind of like they kind of drop some minor bombs on us with those things right there at the end i'm gonna tell you how i in my mind how it was ending man but it would only made sense i mean it would have made sense if 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 john snow was the one that fought the night king my ending the way that i imagined it would, would make more sense so you remember at the beginning season uh eight episode one mm-hmm uh, Cersei gives um, Bronn the Blackwater uh, Tywin Lannister's crossbow. Right. One that Tyrion shot Tywin with mm-hmm. and says, I want you to assassinate uh, Jamie and, and Tyrion mm-hmm. for me. Uh, what I thought was going to happen was if you go back to season one, episode one, the very first time we're introduced to Arya, I feel like she's shooting a bow and arrow with Ned. Oh, I do remember that. You remember that? So what I was thinking was going to happen 
and was Arya wasn't going to get an opportunity to uh, to get uh, Cersei anymore. But that was a new queen that was going to be deserving of what she would have given to Cersei if she had the opportunity. I like that. Um, and I thought that ultimately it would it would be some type of battle with maybe John and Jamie or John and somebody um, where it was a you know a super fight that took place between them. I'm glad it wasn't Grey Worm because I wanted Grey Worm to live. Me too. Even, I got to that point where I wanted to really kill him the Sunday and Grey Worm, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. I wanted Great Warren to live, but beyond that, I also I wanted Arya to use Tywin Lannister's crossbow while Cersei, I mean not Cersei, but Danny was on Drogon and literally have to hit Drogon directly in the right spot with the arrow and literally like it's a big explosion and shit. <laughs> that shit would have been dope. That shit would have been like, pretty cool. <laughs> And I don't know why. I don't know why. I thought it was going to be some big spectacular finish like that. But I guess after you go on the high of episode three and the way that it ended, uh, you only expect for that to be some a, a thrilling finish and not like a, you know, a more uh, wind down type of finish. Hmm. I like that. I can do yeah. that. So I get you out of here on this, man. And it's cool. something I'm asking all of the, the guests to answer for me. Okay. As far as, you know, you've seen all of it from season one to eight. Yes. As far as the legacy of this show and how it stands in the uh, pantheon of great television shows. Yes. How do you think it will be remembered now that you know it from beginning to end? And where does it rank for you as far as best TV shows ever? I think it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Breaking Bad is probably my number one. Like I, I got a sentimental favorite in a different world, but uh, let's move sitcoms to the side and let's just talk about like drama and you know action type situations. Uh, I would say my top three favorites, my top three favorites of all time. I enjoy Breaking Bad, which is, you know, pretty cliche for a lot of people at this point. A lot of people would say that. It was Uh, great, man. Yeah, it was an awesome show. Um, Beginning to end, the finale was incredible. Dexter was a show that I loved, uh, except for like one season I really didn't like. Uh, It was kind of boring. And the ending probably left a lot of uh, sour taste in a lot of people's mouth as with Dexter as well. That is the worst ending of all time for me. for, For that to be a show that was literally so intense every episode like you always thought he was gonna get caught and you always thought you would have expected for there to be some type of tension and some type of decision that had to be made in the end that was going to be far more dramatic than just disappearing and leaving the baby oh, you know i hated that end. <laughs> i'm hoping that they do something about that to, to um, you know to correct that ultimately agreed because the whole Dell thing was weird too you know what i'm saying like that was strange yeah so uh, but Game of Thrones, uh, I would put Game of Thrones right before Dexter for me. Mm-hmm. So number two for me. Um, in the pantheon of things, man, at the end of the day, this show has been incredible. Anytime it has, I would say that 
I don't think I don't I know like us we I'm I'm a I'm a nerd all day so like medieval times mythology things like that are appealing to me just because but I think there were more casual fans that were enthralled by Game of Thrones that maybe are not typically into that type of fantasy mm-hmm. and um, but they still were compelled both by the the writing the storylines. And uh, they got drawn into the world of Game of Thrones to the point where everybody had a favorite character or multiple favorite characters. Uh, we saw people doing almost things like Super Bowl watch parties. Yeah, for yeah pretty much. You know, and so like this was a big deal uh, for people. And, and um, I think that as far as it being worthy of, of, of the praise that it's received, man, it has really been an incredible show. I would watch it again from beginning to end, even knowing now how it's going to end. Um, I, I, I believe that uh, it's something that 20, 30 years from now, you know, our, our kids will watch and uh, there will be conventions for Game of Thrones, like how there are conventions for Star Trek and Star Wars now. I can see um, that. And people will, yeah, like, will, like, will I be telling people, you know, like, yeah, I, I was a, you know, I was a Game of Thrones fan or whatever, whatever you want to, whatever the thing becomes like a Trekkie or, you know, a Star Wars fan. But I do believe that there will be um, things that once people have had an opportunity, because I think part of the hurt for people, man, is just that it's over. And so it was going to be disappointing anyway, because it's like the end of something like I, I said to somebody the other day, man, I, I it's almost like when you. Uh, graduate or finish school or whatever and you feel like the next week you still got something to do you still run the next week and, and <laughs> because you're not in that mode you're still in the mode that I'm looking forward to the next episode of Game of Thrones but there is no next episode so uh, anytime it becomes a part of your life like that then it's pretty big yeah I agree I completely agree man uh, and so uh, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you bro Absolutely, man. I am CJ Lawrence Esquire, CEO, uh, founder of Black With No Chaser. You can find us on blackwithnochaser.com, on Facebook at Black With No, Ch- uh, on, on Black With No Chaser, our page, as well as the Black With No Chaser forum. You can find us on Instagram at Black With No Chaser and on Twitter at Black No Chaser because Twitter be tripping about the number of characters. you. <laughs> so it's just at Black No Chaser with no, the width is not in there. But, man, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time, man, to allow me to sit down with you and talk about it, man. I I look forward to, to being able to talk about a whole bunch of things with you in the future and uh, and us, man, continuing to grow because uh, it's dope what you're doing over there. Um, it's necessary to have a space like yours uh, for people like us, man, um, that, that we're comfortable uh, being both unapologetic in and being our, you know, I bl- blurty selves with, uh, you know, um, nothing, nothing, nothing to be afraid of about it. You know what I mean? It's fun. Yeah. And so uh, I'm looking forward to, to definitely continuing that with you, bro. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Man, I appreciate you, man. All right. And, uh, just moving forward, I'm going to have a couple guests coming up. So stay tuned. I am now joined by, and this is such a pleasure. I gotta hype it up a little bit, even though you know I'm pretty sure I irritate him from time to time. But anyway, 
I'm now joined by a good friend and kind of my boss, technically. <laughs> Even though I'm my own boss, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> someone I often collaborate with is Sergio from Reality Breach. I almost said Sergio from the Unapologetic Geek. What is happening right now? Oh, wow. wow. My God. No, no it's Part- not. We're partners. Partners. <laughs> right. We're there partners. We okay, cool. But it's Sergio from Reality Breach. Uh, in the past, we've worked together many times, uh, mainly on sports episodes. So if you want to go check out those throwback episodes, start with, I think it was episode 66 where I first came on. But anyway, let me stop wow. plugging myself. That was a long time ago. It's, it was. Yeah. Because wow. you're at okay. well, 105, right? Yeah, we're at 105 now. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it's crazy that it had gone on that long before I even showed up on there. Yeah, yeah, I've been podcasting since the beginning of time, so. Yeah, it's eons ago. But anyway, Sergio, tell people what's up, man. Hey, man. Uh, So, wait, what? What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Game of Thrones. That that is, (laughs) okay, that's going to serve as your official greeting. We're talking about... (laughs) Game of Thrones season eight just ended, and thus the entire series just ended. Uh, there were a lot of divisive uh, situations that happened. Uh, people feel one way or another, but it's very polarizing amongst the social media community. But before we get into that part of the discussion, I just want to know what did you think of season eight as a whole? Uh, as a whole, I, I, I feel like season eight was what. It was going to be all along. <laughs> okay. Like, and 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 part of my my overall opinion kind of ties into the the social media stuff. Like, they weren't going to make a season that people liked. Period. Like it, that was never going to happen. Uh, that that was it's it, and it's not that they're incapable. It's regardless of the season they release. It's going to have flack. It's going. People are going to be angry, and I, I called this out on 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 the episode of Reality Breach that we just dropped. Mm-hmm. It's because of George R. R. Martin's framework not being there. Oh, oh yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if if you if you look at the writing following Jon Snow's death, mm-hmm. oh, spoiler alert. Jon Snow dies. <laughs> Please. Um, I think at the end of season five is when, when he died. Like, that is effectively the jump the shark moment. You know what? That's that's true. And if you trace it back, we did not – you're right. We did not have an issue with the writing until his framework was no longer there. Exactly. Yeah, I, that's absolutely correct. But at the same time, season six – which is the season that immediately followed Jon Snow's death is one of my favorite seasons. Yeah, but season six is just the beginning of the Jon Snow Jesus arc. Which was awesome. Don't, don't yeah, get on un, here. Un, yeah. un, until he doesn't end up being Jesus. It, okay, yes. Okay, so let's proceed because I'm pretty sure we're going to get to what <laughs> my issue with the season was. Uh, but I, I, we've, we've had both had posts since it's been over and you said before we even started the episode that there were some things that we were going to uh, disagree on because of those posts. 
I want it to be known right now. I do not hate the entire season. <laughs> I do see where there were some criminal missteps. There was some um, a lot of rushing going on, which and that's been something that's been going on since season seven. So I can kind of overlook that. It, it, this is the only show I've ever seen that has kind of um, bullshit a little bit with those first two episodes, but at the same time, it was still kind of rushing something. And when you couple that with no longer having Martin's framework and also finding out, and I don't, you can confirm this, uh, whether or not this is true, but I believe it's true, that they asked the showrunners how many episodes they wanted, and they chose six. Is that correct? That's the report the, uh, that I've heard. I, I, I hearsay. I don't know. Okay, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how accurate that is. We'll go with hearsay on that. If that's the case, that makes it even worse. Because you had the opportunity to flesh all of this out. But what my real problem is with this whole thing is how underwhelming the end it was. And, I, and, you, and you know what? I, I, can, I can vouch for that. It's like you may not – like, okay – there is something inherently underwhelming about Bran being the king. <laughs> Just, you know, all these other characters that you like way more, that you really want to be sitting on the throne, and it's Bran the Broken. Bran the fucking Broken. And the issue with that is it has – some people were like – somebody, some idiot brought this up saying, well, it's because he's paralyzed. No, Bran is an awesome character. I like Bran as a character, even when he – got weird i found so much comedy in his weirdness this season i loved it absolutely the issue is not that he can't walk (laughs) that's not the problem the issue isn't even that he can't fight it was a slap in the face with Tyrion said that he had the best story uh well 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 come on you, but it's it's not that he has the best story. He also is the keeper of all the stories. So does it not make him a better option for the hand? For the hand? Oh, I don't know about all that. He's not a military strategist. But the hand is is, is about the political entry with the hand, like the the military strategy part. I mean, you get help with it. At what point did Tyrion and Varys just drop all these great military battle plans? <laughs> they had Grey Worm, and well, no, it was just Grey Worm. I almost said the leader of the Dothraki, but they're incompetent, clearly. So <laughs> you always had someone else to do the military strategy, and then John is more than capable of doing it if he's king. Yeah, Brand the thing is, you can't you can't put him on the throne. Period. You can't. Well, which, which, yeah, which, the way it was written, yeah, you can't. You're right. Right, and which 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 goes to my my chief like, what's the opposite of complaint? Praise, I guess, of this <laughs> of this season. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel, not you, like the plural you, right. how you feel about this season, all of the choices they made, story wise, made sense. They did. I will. I will give uh, Grant that the way it was written, no matter how you feel or how rushed you feel it was, it made sense in the context of what they wrote. I have resigned to the fact that you cannot have the man who just killed the queen become the king. Uh, Right. I'm completely okay with that. Even though there was an out. 
there was an out. I don't know if it was an out for him to be king, but there was an out for him to fight for his freedom with a trial by combat. Uh, yeah, and and you know how I feel. Like I don't like this is how they should have done it. Of like course, scenarios. You don't like what else? I, 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 it's because at, at that point, why are we even here? Like if you <laughs> like if you think you could have written it better, then why are we even here? Someone made a uh, some <laughs> some site made an article <laughs> where you know when they say uh, fans are petitioning for something, which is the new it thing to do on social media right now. Uh, someone yeah. had a fake one that said the writers of Game of Thrones are petitioning to have the fans <laughs> to do it since you know so damn much. I know, like. All you can do is take the choices that they made and critique how well they made sense in the context of the story they're telling and the characters they're trying to portray. I'll never forget. It was I think it was two years ago uh, during season seven. Someone made a ridiculous suggestion um, on what to do with one of the characters. It was like some dumbass twist where somebody it, uh, it was I think it was uh, it involved Tyrion being the son of somebody else and not being a. Um, not being a Lannister. Yeah, not being a Lannister. And I, it was some dumbass twist. And I said, I thank God that you're not writing Game of Thrones. <laughs> because that shit sound like something out of a Tyler Perry movie. I was so pissed off when I heard this. So, just to be clear, there are shows out there that I know I can write better. Game of Thrones, <laughs> is, <laughs> Game of Thrones is not one of those shows because of I, I respect what the writers have done. But my yeah. God, did they rush it. And did it they tried to hype it up. Interior, they used the best actor. Is Peter Dinklage the best actor on the show? Can we agree on that? No. Who is? Uh, he's he's the most memorable actor on the show. Okay. But if I'm being honest, most of the cast is probably a better actor. Hmm. Like That's like whoever. Yeah, whoever plays Cersei, she's a better actor. Oh, she's awesome. Jamie's a better actor. She's awesome. Uh, in in a lot of scenes, Jon Snow is a better actor. Like Kit they, they just, is really good. They just happen to pick the right guy <laughs> for their role. <laughs> or, and it's or not just because he's he short. Did. Like they just picked the right guy. <laughs> anyway, team, everybody, please disregard what you said. All this blasphemy. Tyrion is if Peter Dinklage is uh, one of the better actors, if not the best actor, and. Of course, he's the one that you want to present the possibility of Bran to be king. Like, that's a perfect fit for him. Yeah. And he does a great job, but when he gets to that, to that point where he's talking about he has a great story and all of that, and I'm looking at it when the credits finally rolled, I was like, I, I'm, I'm not furious. I'm not furious, but I'm just like I'm not jumping for joy either. If Jon Snow comes out as king, if they just re- wrote this whole thing differently, and Jon Snow ends up coming out as king somehow, I do not feel like you would have gotten the same amount of backlash. True, true, but but okay, let's 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 spin it, spin ourselves a tale here. Okay. Do you remember when when uh, Ned Stark was murdered? Or was killed. Yes. That feeling in your stomach when you were like, oh, Good the punch. bad guys are winning. Yeah. couple seasons later, a few seasons later, the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. Rob Stark and his mom are both gutted. Mm-hmm. Same feeling. Years later, 
Jon Snow is murdered by the by his brethren. That was the toughest. The Night's Watch. <laughs> that was the toughest one for me. If you want me to be completely transparent with you, that's the one that right. when I saw it, I just left the house that night. It just <laughs> drove. I just drove I for a while. I couldn't sleep after watching the, the Red Wedding. Like, yeah, it was not Game of Thrones made its made its sauce on giving us terrible, terrible feelings in penultimate episodes. Episodes. Yes. That's that. That's what they're known for. There is not a single one of those after Jon Snow's death. That's right. There's not one. That is and, true. And the the all of the storytelling was told in a way that we're going to follow certain characters and finish out certain storylines. Everything is going to be nice and gift wrapped by the beginning or the middle of season eight, and then at the end. We're going to try to George R. R. Martin you and throw a curveball mm-hmm. and put Bran on on the on you know on the throne. It doesn't this, exist, by the way. I said the year that no longer exists. I said this on Facebook. John is who you get when you tell the right story. Bran is who you get when the writers get cute. The writers. I don't, I don't even know if John is the right story though. Who okay? Well, like, that's like, my next question. Who would have been the better? Or, or I know you don't like what ifs, but <laughs> let's say you were writing this and you wanted to give your version of a satisfying ending. Who wins? Okay, okay. If I'm if I'm going full on, I am in, all in control. I'm gonna say either Tyrion or Bran because. If I'm writing it, I kill Jon Snow. And you let him stay dead. That's he stay, yes, he, he stays dead and he is a martyr. A martyr that okay. empowers the North to put Bran on the throne. I liked it. I actually liked it. That, that I could if that's another thing. It was a red herring. Him being alive <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of the seasons where it was yes. a red herring. And then you think about all the times that he cheated death since he's been back you think okay this is the guy that's gonna win that's that's traditional hollywood right there it's it, it, thank you yeah that's exactly the point i'm trying to make is they they, they a, a show that is known for subverting traditional hollywood turned completely towards it and then at the very last at the very last moment in the last 30 minutes of the show they reveal their cards and say oh nope we're not hollywood <laughs> Nope, got you again. I had you fooled. We got you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was you know? it. So and, and and again, what they did made sense. It just instead of us having that gut terrible feeling in the pit of our stomach, we just feel unfulfilled. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's that's what it comes yeah. down to. So another thing that I noticed that a lot of people were outraged about, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, okay. I mean, we of course we've we've just gone over the differences as far as how we felt we got to the destination, or felt about the destination once we got to it. Here's something about you know a, a little point or a little situation that occurred on the way there, and that's the death of Cersei, which I found has been incredibly like a sticking point for a lot of people. Some people thought she should have died horribly. Some people thought she should have been that same bitch <laughs> that 
that we saw throughout the series up until her death. And that's where I, I kind of lean toward. Here's what I would have had to happen. Not not literally, but this is kind of how it would have gone down with me. When the bells went off, I would have had Daenerys to fly up to that goddamn castle and kind of just, you know, <laughs> stay in place with Drogon and kind of stare her down and then just have such to say, man, fuck you. And fuck all of these people that you brought with you. It did have Drogon just snap at that point. That would have been a more fitting ending for the character that we've come to love to hate for so long. But instead, they kind of went that route of the... She's crying, she wants to protect her last child, and she's looking for refuge in her brother or in uh, the mountain up until the Clegane Bowl. How did you feel about how they took Cersei out? Um, you're, pro- you're, you're probably right in saying that it's not that satisfying that satisfying the death for her. I feel like the writers consciously chose to focus on Jamie's storyline mm-hmm. because it is a more dynamic storyline from it start is, to finish. So. And he gets the death he wants. Yep, he does. You know, and and unfortunately, a byproduct of that is. Cersei gets the death she wants, or Cersei doesn't get the death we want. Right. So the the winner in all of that is Jamie. Of course, he's dead, but <laughs> so how much did he really win? Yeah, like the the thing is, is Cersei at this point doesn't have any leverage. Like he, once the dragon takes out the uh, the scorpions, yeah, oh, the game is over. Yeah, the game is over. The game's over. So 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 to, for her to to go down as the bitch that we know her as while it would have been in character it wouldn't have helped anybody's ending yeah, except think, for own yeah it, that's what I'm saying it, it would have made her she still would have been defiant but it would have been it would have been a delusional situation yeah. like and, you, and as, as much as I'm sorry to interrupt, interrupt yeah, you I don't want to forget this this point I, I, again I don't like what ifs but I couldn't help but think this is how I wanted the Jamie Cersei story to end. Yeah, it's Jamie makes Jamie makes it back. He gets all the way to the Red Keep. He gets up to where Cersei is, and he's pleading with her to 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 you know turn on the bells or yeah. whatever. She is defiant. She refuses. She uh, basically sicks the mountain on him. Yeah, and in frustration, Jamie murders her. Okay, I and like orders. That. And orders the bells to be rung. I like that. The mountain then kills him. And then we get the Clegane Bowl. And then we get the Clegane Bowl, and then we also get... And we can still have uh, Daenerys have her heel turn. And I feel like that would have, one, it, it would have uh, fulfilled the the whole you're going to be murdered by your brother thing. Yeah, which, which conveniently, uh, yeah, you murdered in the arms of a loved one or whatever it was that they said, and they yeah. they kind of gave you that, but it was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what you meant, really? Yeah. In, in, instead, Jamie had to deal with Euron Greyjoy, who he had one purpose, and that was to kill a dragon. Yeah. Yeah, he, he <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, that was his only purpose. You know yeah. what's funny about all of this? What? Um, if if the Lord says the same and uh, George R. R. Martin 
gets over his writer's block because I clearly that's what I really think is going on with him. I think he's stuck. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't know where he wants to get. He's just spending a whole lot of money and eating good, and he's enjoying life. And that's why you don't have the other two books. If he does get to that point where he writes those two books, and he's talking about one of them is coming out in twenty twenty, we'll see how that goes. He's gonna write an ending based on how fans reacted <laughs> to the to the shows ending, and it's gonna get infinitely praised. I think there's nothing he could do at this point to where his ending won't be praised over the shows ending. Well, my my problem is that we I'm not gonna read the books. Just to, to be honest, I'm not gonna, I haven't read them. I'm not gonna. But we don't get an untainted ending to Game of Thrones. Either way. Because whatever he writes now, he can't come close to what was already done, even if that's what he was planning on doing in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's completely tainted. Like, the death of Jon Snow might as well have been the death of Game of Thrones. It's the end of the, of the entire series. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's crazy because you look at message boards and fans are really scared that that's going to be the actual end of the book series because he won't <laughs> fucking write the rest of it, but he keeps coming out with these spinoffs and shit. That's why I keep telling people, that man got writer's block when it comes to the main thing. You'll never find it out. Of course, he's not going to say that, but that's what's really going on. Yeah. But you know what? I really think jaded a lot of geeks in terms of uh, the Game of Thrones ending, and I called it when it happened. When I saw the closure that Avengers Endgame gave, <laughs> I said Game of Thrones has its work cut out for it. I know it's two different realms. I know it's two different universes. But when you get that kind of satisfaction out of something that you've committed to, everything else that's getting ready to end goes under an unfair microscope, just being honest. And Game of Thrones, whether it's someone's consciously compared to or subconsciously did it and don't know why they're so unsatisfied it's probably it it's probably because like, you just got a perfect ending you're you, you might be onto something like game of game of thrones did a really good job of wrapping up everything they possibly could in six episodes mm-hmm. i'll give them that the, you know they even had three whole episodes dedicated to fucking partying in winterfell yeah that was ridiculous no, no, no. But it was necessary if they wanted to close all of the as many loops as possible. They have all these people in one place. Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you kind of got the end of the torment and Brienne relationship mm-hmm. that never happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can yeah. forgive that. I can forgive that. Anyway, yeah. let, let me last thing I want to I want I want to I want to throw out there. Go ahead. It's 2019. <laughs> okay. Obviously. When franchises get as big as Game of Thrones, there is no way to conclude them in a satisfactory way. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, like the only thing that that has come close is is a uh, Avengers, right? Correct. But those are movies. Those are much easier to, to 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 manage. What if? What if instead of there being an eighth season, they just canceled it after seven? <laughs> Then you'd be really, you'd be more pissed. Like, like b- because all, so many shows have been canceled mid storyline, and everybody's really, really mad about it. But they were never as mad as this. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. The only other option, the only other option is instead of there being a season eight, you have one long Bandersnatch style choose your own adventure episode. <laughs> that's how we're going to make everybody happy. Exactly. The- you t- you tell you tell Jon Snow who to kill. Yeah. And who and who you tell the uh the other kingdoms who to select as king through democracy of all things. It was funny, the foreign concept of democracy was it was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like where everyone laughed, that part was funny. And the part where uh the guy the uh guy from the Tully, House Tully, got yeah. up to declare himself king and uh, says was like, Please sit. Like, sit down. Yeah, just just stop <laughs> right now. <laughs> that was so funny, man. Like I laughed along with everyone who was snickering during that whole meeting. Um, yeah. But as as far as everything is concerned, when I go back through the entire series and I get to season eight, I'm pretty sure I'm going to feel differently about it. Like, I'm going to say, you yeah. know what? This this really was bad. It, honestly, as the days have gone by, I've lightened my stance on how I feel about the uh, way things ended. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and and that's how I am. Like, I, I look at Game of Thrones like a river. If you just get in a boat and sit in the river, it's going to take you where it wants to go. And that's exactly what this, this this series did. Pretty much. Meanwhile, The Walking Dead just won't stop. No, and no. since it won't stop, you would think that it would at least try to get better, but it won't do that either. And so, well, last season wasn't terrible. Yeah, it, it's pushing it, man. Oh, oh yes, yeah. We can and now they're co- talking about like movies and spinoffs, and I think someone in AMC was like, "Um, we have like twenty more years of Walking Dead stuff planned, My so God. get ready." Have you ever seen a? Uh, uh, we've talked about shows that people were mad because they ended. Have you ever seen a show that people were mad because it kept going? <laughs> the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking Dead is supernatural. Supernatural oh, was supposed yeah. to end on season five, and I I always said everything that happens after season five is uh, an alternate universe for me because <laughs> one through five is great. And but I was pissed when they said it was coming back. I was like, this is not going to end well. And I, Ten I years hear, later. yeah, I hear that like the last three seasons have been really good, but that dark period from season five up until the last three seasons was terrible. So wow. Anyway. Go ahead, plug everything uh, you need to plug. I'm going to get you out of here, bro. All right. Well, um, as you know, uh, I am the host of the Reality Breach podcast, uh, which is where you'll find the unapologetic uh, experience. Uh, There we do all kinds of stuff. We host a bunch of podcasts, The Black Pocket. We have monthly, sometimes bi-monthly. Is that how you say it? Bi-monthly, twice a month? (laughs) We do Jackson Spotlights, uh, where we – spotlight a person or business in the jackson area that we think is cool uh so check those out it's its own podcast feed uh recently a couple months ago i launched the shellheads podcast which is our tmnt podcast so i talk about ninja turtles all the time which is cool Uh, but all of that can be found at realitybreach.com awesome awesome bro and uh just stay tuned and uh, we'll have another guest to come up and probably bitch him on about game of thrones as well (laughs) 
right, bro. So I got uh, my homeboy Mike. He's in, uh, and he's a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I just had to, when I was thinking of doing this episode, I was trying to, you know, go through a list of names in my head of Game of Thrones fans. I know I know a lot of them, but he's somebody I've had uh, plenty of conversations with over the years about how Game of Thrones plays out as a TV show. I'm not, Mike, do you know anything about the books? Like, have you read them? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so we were just looking at it from strictly a TV show standpoint. And, man, I can't count how many conversations we've had about it. But I saw uh, <laughs> throughout season eight on Facebook, I saw Mike's disappointment with the <laughs> with the way season eight was unfolding. And as someone who's also disappointed with a lot of things that took place in season eight, I had to get him on the show. So, Mike, without further ado, bro, First of all, welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm happy to have you here, and you just go ahead and let me know how you felt about the season. All right. First off, thank you for having me, man, and congratulations on the podcast and as well as the Unapologetic Geek. Oh, appreciate it, bro. No problem. No problem. Man, look, this season was, how should I say? Okay, I'm going to start with this. Somewhere I read that HBO came to the writers and told them we'll give you as many episodes as you need <laughs> no matter the and these fools said <laughs> just get six episodes and we'll in six now okay I think season seven was like eight episodes right it was I'm not mistaken it was eight yeah it was a fool okay it, right there, that's when I started getting skeptical about how the show was going to end. Mm-hmm. And then when they announced that the season was going to be six episodes, where they were going to try to make each one like a mini movie, where when in all actuality, the first two episodes were about as long as a normal episode. Yeah, right. probably like two or three minutes longer, but it wasn't a mini movie. If they would have went with the whole hour and 20 minutes with each, each episode, maybe. Because it balances out at that point. Exactly, like they they could have draw drew things out a little bit more, and I don't know. They 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 messed up originally with the episode count. That's number one. At this point, the only things I think they got right was the game bowl. That was awesome. Like, you, I, I, I can agree that. with that. I, I can agree with that, and here's why. That first shot when they were coming down the uh, steps, Cersei was coming down the steps, and. Uh, it was uh, the mountain, and what's that guy's name? Uh, I can't remember. I, anyway, the new hand. I, yeah. I can't think of the name though. Uh, when they were coming down, and that shot where half of the um, half of King's Landing, like you can see the destruction that Drogon is is weighing down or raining down, and you see that shot where half of the castle is like open, and you get that. Um, it almost looks like the skies on fire when they see each other, that shot was awesome. And from that point forward, they had me all in on the game Bowl. And it, uh-huh. like you said, it delivered. To me, for the most part, the long night delivered, which was the uh, episode where the Army of the Dead faced off against Jon Snow and his forces. Mm-hmm. Here's where that fell off. For one thing, yeah, the darkness was an issue. Another thing is the Darth Dracula was a non, were a non-factor. 
when he goes <laughs> in that fight. They, they sacrificed them so wrong. They I'm did like, them bad, I'm man. So they charged in, and I'm like, so we just going to kill everyone already? Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. Like, at least those couple hundred or thousand, they definitely died <laughs> during the long night. Right, and then the, the battle plays out. You know, I, I think what the long night did better than anything was to show the Night King as a tactician, which is something we hadn't seen. Yeah. I thought that was really cool how he had it. He mobilized his forces and how he caused the, uh, the, that little, um, blizzard to where, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't see him. And then you had the whole dragon battle. Like they had some cool things going on in that battle. And then, and people are telling me, you know, I'm overreacting with the situation as far as the Night King getting a fair one with Jon Snow. But nah, man, like, that started with hard home to me. The episode when you first saw the Night King. You mm-hmm. see other White Walkers battling Jon Snow. You see all this devastation and chaos that he's causing. So we already knew what he was capable of. But at the end, when he looks at Jon as Jon is sailing away with the survivors and all of those uh, zombies raised, you're thinking, okay, we can't wait for this particular fight between those two. And I know it's a little cliche, but here it would have worked. I didn't, I'm not even saying John had to be the one to kill him. I'm cool with Arya killing the Night King. Mm. I'm saying, why didn't them boys square up, man? Oh, you were so white. We needed we needed at least one. Yeah, it, it could have been a quick thirty second fight. Something could have happened. I don't. I don't know. John could have got in us. They deserve to go hand in hand for a few seconds. Straight few up, minutes. they deserve to fight, and then. At that point, like when it looks like they're at a stalemate or Night King is like, look, I got to go deal with Bran. Then he raises up the dead. And you could have had that same exact moment of hopelessness for John and and Danny and all of them. And um, they did everything right with Jorah getting killed and all of that. I mean, I found it odd that the other White Walkers didn't get in as far as, you know, being combatants. And they pretty much were a non-factor when you consider Arya blue pass. What, about five or six of them to get to the man? <laughs> <laughs> like, Night King did all the heavy lifting. But, yeah, it was nuts. Um, and then getting back to that finale, I guess we'll start here. What was your... <laughs> we, we know there were a lot of writing inconsistencies as far as the, um, the season is concerned. And actually, before we get to the finale, what do you think about how they handled Danny's heel turn? Huh? Well, uh, first off, you know this is something I personally I said was coming for a while. Yes, you I did. think I said something about it in season six or seven. I was like, she, she's going to go mad. I can see it happening. I think because it's a short season, it was done wrong. But for me, like I always saw it coming. Like, and I also think that. I think one of the writers came out and said this too that she dealt with a lot at that time. So for me, the heel turn made sense. She just learned that she wasn't the actual heir to the throne that she mm-hmm. came all this way to claim. And then she asked John, who she loved and thought loved her, which she did, to not tell anyone he did. She lost half her army to the dead. Uh, there was, she just lost uh Jorah. She lost someone else. Masande just died; had just been beheaded. 
She just lost the dragon. All so, right. like, at that time, like, emotions are just flaring inside of her. And we've seen through her whole story arc, when she gets emotional, she just goes off the rails. Right. So, it to me, it was in the character. But, again, with a longer season, they could have fleshed it out more and made it transition better. The way I see it is, it's like we missed the episode. Like between mm-hmm. like the building, the way it built up with her not eating and John, you know, turning her down, like it, it made sense. But it was just the way it it played out, and it also kind of makes her look stupid. And here's why: earlier in the episode, before Miss Sandy got killed and everything, Tyrion and Varys both told her what to do to where nobody had to fight Cersei. Cersei was just gonna get kicked out. And I understand for the sake of the story, we just can't have it in that way. But I'm just calling it how I see it. They told her, and, and the point of them is to be wise when her temperament is taken over. But she got to the point where she was worried about, you know, how John was looking like a better fit. And then knowing his actual heritage, it was an issue for her to just say, okay, I'm going to stand idly by and let Cersei get kicked out, even though I know other people know that he has a right to the throne. And then you get to when she sails back to her home with um, with the Unsullied and the Dothraki, or the remaining Dothraki. By the way, I didn't even know there were any Dothraki alive until the episode where they went after King's Landing, because I, I just knew all of them died during the long night, but there's neither here okay. nor there. Oh, well, go ahead. You had something to add? No, I was just going to say, like, I saw some of them come back during the episode of The Long Night, but okay. there were way... <laughs> it wasn't that many. <laughs> it wasn't as many as it ended up when they ter- uh, destroyed like King's Landing. Yeah. All right, so we get to, to you know, them flying toward the uh, toward her island or whatever, and, I mean, they lit into a regal, Right. Which mm-hmm. is a shocking, that was a shocking scene to see how easily they disposed of their dragon. And then she ran and uh, Euron's armada destroyed the, the Unsullied fleet. And I'm like, when you get to the later episode, the next episode, she still has a whole bunch of Unsullied soldiers left. And she still has a whole bunch of Dothraki left. And I'm like, did she yeah. really lose anything besides the dragon? <laughs> Again, when they said at the beginning that basically it was even. They never said it was really even. It just they just said, "Well, Cersei went and got twenty thousand sail swords right, to fight the Lannister army, so we can assume she had maybe at the max forty thousand fighters." Okay, that just means Danny had maybe like fifty thousand, sixty thousand people. But I, I like how big was that? How big was Danny's fucking army? It had to be fucking huge. And then on yeah. top of that. This is where I think they went wrong with the with her just going full heel. They tried. They had those extra scenes where uh, you know she killed Varys and stuff, and John kept reassuring her, "Look, I'm here for you. I'm not gonna turn on you." Even though he turned down smashing, he it reassured her that he wasn't gonna turn her down. I mean, he wasn't gonna turn his back on her and all that. Mm-hmm. And even Tyrion, you know, I understand he had to help his brother, but she didn't have knowledge of that at that point. And my issue started with her being able to take out Euron's entire fleet with just Drogon. 
Because if that was the case, she could have saved a lot of Unsullied in the previous episode if she could do it by herself. Now, what I wish they would have done was have it be foggy or something like that to where they couldn't get a clear shot of Drogon and he was just swiping through, taking him out. It was a clear, sunny day, just like the previous episode, and she came through and demolished him. Like, see, here's the thing. The one, the one thing I thought about when that scene happened was they didn't give you your foggy day, but Daenerys, to me, Daenerys got smart. Like the first time she just came in, you know, I'm just coming in on my dragon show, you know, mm-hmm. show a power. And, you know, once she was supposed to wait, Sansa told her to wait a week at least before you go down, uh, you know, let everybody rest. That's the other thing, yep. So she just goes down there, you know, all big headed, you know, she loses a dragon, you know, that's the consequence of not really thinking things through. But the second time around, she comes in, like you said, it was a clear sunny day. And where did she come from? She came directly out of the sun. So they can't really see into the sun and get a clear shot. By the time they can really see her, she's right on top of them, and she's in another direction. So now we got to turn the scorpions, and now she's attacking another fleet coming back the other way. So now we're redirecting our scorpions again. So the whole time, Euron's fleet was trying to catch up to Danny, and Danny was just running through them. Like to me, she got very tactical in that moment. I was very proud of her there. (laughs) Man, so he's proud like a proud father now. (laughs) <laughs> I can see that. I can see where the ta- and I even gave them that. It was so many ships with a scorpion though, and then you were prepared. For, you were clearly prepared for a dragon. Like you all didn't talk about <laughs> about this beforehand or anything. And then another thing no, is is no it problem. just he, he he did he was op in that episode. Oh, he was that man didn't. He was definitely op in that episode. My God, like. It, 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 apparently dragons have an infinite source of energy <laughs> just the way I took it after watching that episode and then to me it looks like the scorpions uh, shot a little slower mm-hmm. but we get through with all of that she takes everybody out and then the bells are ringing and it just tripped me out how many people were kind of taking her side at that point, I'm like, nah, they, they saying that she's not a heel. No, she's definitely a heel. When the bells were ringing and everybody tapped out, and she kept going, and, and it would have been one thing if she went straight for Cersei. Nah, she went through King's Landing like a fucking lawnmower, bro. It would have been where Grey Worm was, and there was nothing but soldiers. If that was the case, okay, cool, she's killing soldiers. But it was so <laughs> mixed with civilians and she was just like fuck this shit I'm yeah fuck everybody and she just started killing everybody man and it was it was a beautifully I believe that episode was beautifully shot but it was it just it got to the point where they were really cementing her as a villain or whatever yeah they, they, they go way too far with how and, they did it yeah so real quick the first two episodes were too slow they did a good job building but they were too slow the long night it was it was cool. They had a couple of hiccups and missteps, but it was cool. I do um, agree with you on the long night. I was one of the few to actually enjoy what they kind of did with yeah, that. Yeah, so. right. And uh, now whether it rank as far as the big battles, that's another conversation for a different day. But it was hey. it was solid. Um, mm-hmm. The fifth episode, no, the fourth episode where Missandei gets killed, and, and they kind of show you, you know, Danny's slow turn. It was straight. 
the episode with King's Landing, it, it was hit or miss. So the hit being Clegane, the Clegane Bowl and miss being some inconsistencies, but it was straight. But then we get to the finale, and I'm wondering. Wait, 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 one second. Don't forget Cersei's death and how yes. unrewarding that was. Yes, okay. That's That was probably the biggest misstep. They did a complete character turn on Cersei. Cersei, mm. I would have been... <laughs> Here's what I really would have wanted for Danny to pull up to the to the uh, the castle and mm-hmm. for Cersei to stand in the window like fuck you, and then <laughs> she just starts blasting, <laughs> destroying shit because that would have been more in line with who Cersei is. It, it would have, and that would have been that would have been a satisfying death for Cersei for the Cersei fans that wanted her to win. Mm-hmm. That would have been the perfect way for them to have her go out. And for everybody that just wanted Cersei to go, that would have been the perfect way for her to go out. But instead, instead, she went out like a punk. She really did. Like I was really disappointed with how that character turned. And uh, the Euron and, and Jamie fight was pretty good to me. It was brutal. It was appropriately yeah. brutal. And uh, and the way they died in each other's arms, I'm like, that shit corny, man. That ain't Cersei. That, that 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 wasn't Cersei. That I didn't. I, I really had a problem with them giving her a comfortable end. That was my problem. Yeah, it, it was one of those things and we had. Like been... was pointless at that point. True. Like, well, at least the thing with Brienne and Tremont. Like you, you ruined a halfway good thing. You could have just let Tremont win that whole thing. Exactly. Then... Like the yeah the Jamie. That's another thing. The Jamie and uh and. And Brienne hookup, it was unnecessary. You could have arrived at that same point without those two hooking up. Uh, just based on a friendship, just have her as a friend ask him, do not go back there because you're going to die. And I would like to say that you could have saved the Jamie Brienne thing. If at the end when she was writing in the book, she wrote something about being basically like a child for Jamie. Yeah, yeah, you could have saved you could have saved all of it, but um, so we get to the finale. Mm-mm. I was one of the few people who actually thought that episode was a solid traditional Game of Thrones episode. If we're going back to the intrigue, to the political intrigue side of Game of Thrones, the way it played mm-hmm. out was like a classic Game of Thrones episode. The issue with the um, the finale is the story choices at that point for Tyrion to stand up there in front of all of those, um, in front of all of those, those representatives from the seven kingdoms in that parlay. And for him to say that brand had the best story, I was done. Yeah. Tyrion, your story is better than Bran's story. You alone. John, to me, and, and, you know, I ask you the same thing. John, to me, has the best story in Game of Thrones. From being a bastard to not, to being basically disregarded as a black sheep in his own family, to being treated that way, to going out onto the wall, to going undercover, undercover with the wildlands, to coming back to the wall and unifying both of those sides. Or trying to die while trying to unite, right? Dying, trying to trying to unite both of those sides, and then coming back to life, essentially saving Westeros from an army of the dead mm-hmm. by uniting more kingdoms together. 
it, I understand he did not want to throne, but the story is right there, how great his story was. And it would have been a fitting ending. And I said this to someone else. Sometimes the obvious ending is the one to go with. The obvious ending is having John in with the the uh, the Iron Throne. To me, how do you feel mm-hmm. about that? Who had a, the best story to end up on the Iron Throne? Now, uh, okay, I don't. Hmm. The best story thing is kind of hard for me to say because I, I don't think everyone. I think. There were a few that had competing stories, and I do think Brands has a competing story with Johns. Mm-hmm. John may have seen more battles, but when it comes to the things that Brand has just flat out seen, can see, and will see, John, what John, when it comes to wisdom, mm-hmm. John would never equate to the same. Battle wise, that's a different story, but wisdom wise, no one can compete with Brand's story. He was forever knowledgeable. I agree. Ark has an interesting story, as well as Sansa. Mm-hmm. But we all know Sansa doesn't want to be... Sansa's just over the over, over the, the north. Yeah, she just wants the north, which is cool. I thought that was really cool that before she gave the vote of confidence of Brand, she just said, take the north out of it. All, all right. together, we're, we're, we're going to be independent. You, but we still separate. Just Exactly. And, and I like that. His, mm-hmm. what everything you just said about Brand is the issue is nobody knows Brand. Brand doesn't have that love coming in that John has. That's why Brand should have been the uh, John's hand. And I case. think you stated at one point wasn't Brand missing for like a season or two? A whole season. A whole season, like his whole story, he wasn't there at all. At all. So. Again, I'm not. I'm not defending Brand's claim. I'm just saying I would. I wouldn't say his story isn't as interesting as John's. Yeah. I do agree when it comes to story. John definitely. Like, you you can't beat dying and coming back. Like, yeah, dog. Nah. <laughs> That's a big deal. <laughs> That's a big deal. Dying and coming back. Like, yeah, that that alone <laughs> gives him a huge stake to me. And then. Exactly. And then I always. He's kind of like Rob was. Like John never really lost. A battle. Well, yeah. the the battle when the Night King came and raised everybody was technically I still He was caught off guard. I, you gotta consider that he was completely caught off guard in that situation. So that I I'm awesome. not even gonna say he took an L on that one. Um but on the other on the other side of that, as far as like of course Arya couldn't really do it because that's just not Arya's nah, thing. And then Sansa Sansa would probably have turned heel. At some point, if she was over, <laughs> she would have been the next mad queen. Yeah, yeah. If she was over everything, uh, but John to me was the the choice to make. And then you get into the whole um, that the way that, like I said, that episode, the way it was shot, that shot with Daenerys coming down off Drogon and his wings spread, and it looks like it's her wings. I, I hate. I ain't. I understand why it took us eight seasons to get it because it was perfect when you got it. But I hate it took us eight seasons to get that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I then, understand it, and, and and I'm not hating on them for waiting this long. I'm just saying when you see it, you're like, oh man, that's just like you said. It was just shot. beautiful. Yeah, it's a great shot. And then you know you got the Dothraki. They turned the unsullied or, or uh, 
it's Turner's they can yeah yeah their version of Turner whatever and it, it was just a good scene a good bill to John killing having to kill her and now, from that regard, I understand why John couldn't be king because the unsullied would have had an issue. The thing that, is, that, huh? that little story right there. What did you say? With the whole you know, basically whole wanting justice and not just letting John go free. Basically, Grey Worm standing his ground in that instance. I, I really I, like that. Yeah, little. I like that too. And which gets me back to this thing. This is how you can settle that issue. I do not understand why. The, Tyrion didn't propose a trial by comeback for John. Man, look, that would have made that episode so much better. Lit. Just one battle and a trial by combat between Grave Worm and John would have been perfect because no matter who lost that fight, it was going to be emotional. Yep, and then it would have so it would have settled. Yeah, it would have settled their beef, and if you, <laughs> and this is in the event. This whole thing is in the event if you still wanted John to be king, you could have written it in and it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. But just to me. Anyway, man, um, do you have any final thoughts about the seasons overall? Or the series uh, overall, really? The series overall, just something that has been stated multiple times, at least on social media, that Peter Dinklage has been just amazing through this entire thing, especially through this uh, last season. And not saying the other actors weren't, but just acting wise, Peter Dinklage brought it every, every time. Scene, scene he was in. So, uh, just that. That's all I wanted to say. That scene, that scene with him, uh, him and John when, uh, after he's been arrested by Danny and mm-hmm. Unsullied, and he's pleading with John in the same way Varys was pleading with him. It's awesome. Yeah. It was one of my favorite scenes in the history. That and the scene um, with he and Jamie, the final scene with he and Jamie. Both of those Tyrion scenes are two of my favorite scenes in the history of the entire show. Very true. That one, the one when he gave the speech when he was on trial. And then I, I like the little scene at the end when he approached Danny after she gave her speech in the finale and she said uh, you freed your brother my man said yes I freed my brother All and right. you uttered innocence and he just threw the hand yeah he was done he said arrest me right now motherfucker I'm gone <laughs> this is exactly how he read out man. yeah I loved it but man thank you for coming on thank you for joining me Uh, And to my listeners, stick around. And that was the Game of Thrones recap episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, Before I get out of here, I just got a couple shout outs. First of all, shout out Bradmore Realty. That's B-R-A-D-M-O-O-R-E. Realty. You can go follow them on Facebook. If you're looking for a new home, make sure you check out their website. They have a great selection of homes in the Jackson Metro area and the surrounding areas. So definitely give them a look. Next up, shout out to DJ Little Walt. Go follow his page on page on Facebook and go follow him on SoundCloud. Uh, he's always got some great mixes out there, some good music. So definitely give him a look. And lastly, of course, got to shout out to Maestro of My Madness. That's Dunche. D-O-N-C-H-E did it uh, on SoundCloud. You go check his channel out. It's awesome. He has all kinds of 
great production and great beats on there. So definitely give him a look. And until next time, this is Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek, and you have been listening to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm out.